It's those two assholes. <clears throat> those two idiots you saw me talking to at the third rail. Just he doesn't want to touch the third rail. That's you've hit the third rail for sure. That, that is the third rail, saying white people have interest. The full spectrum media control is able to gaslight these people into not touching that third rail. Oh, God. Third rail. The third rail here is uh, another wonderful show on our on the uh, TRS network. And it's the third rail. You will be destroyed. It's the third rail. You will be destroyed. Watch out for the third rail, baby. That's how it folks. In the opinion of this reporter, if this nation or, in fact, the world ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. Just as Judea must perish, this is happening. It is episode 227, 227 of the most huggable khakis-wearing podcast on the air since 1973, The Third Rail. We are coming to you almost live in the mobile Third Rail studio, this time from the North Pole, where Santa has a list, and we will determine who is nice and who will get the gas. Hi, how are you? I love the, the, the Australian accent breaking in in the middle of the, the German accent. That was uh, I was going for Austrian, but I slipped with an L, and it, it was all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is Spectre, the second hardest working, but the first tallest journalist at the National just, <laughs> Hyphen Justice. Um, I was promised a little Borzoi today, but instead we just have his grumpy papa Smurf, Borzoi himself. How are you doing, sir? Hey, yeah. How's it feel to be me? Three podcasts in three days? I mean, oh. it's... It's, 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 mom, can we have Borzoi? We have Borzoi at home. Borzoi at home. <laughs> I am, uh, it, it takes a lot out of you. I don't see how those guys do it. Um, I don't see how well, you do now, it. Now you know why I burned out and I basically stopped podcasting for a while. I'm getting to that point almost. No, no, I'm going to keep going. And, uh, with these two speaking to each other, it's literally Greek to me. Nikkei and Dharma King, how are you gentlemen doing? Hello, doing just sir. Fine. Doing all right. Yeah. Namaste, my niggas. <laughs> it is that a never real Indo-Aryan hours between us two. <laughs> you know, they were actually they were actually like. Um, so I the, provide the Greco. He brings the Bactrian. Yeah, exactly. Like so, Alexander's you know troops. There was a large number of of Greeks who settled in the east, what's now like kind of uh, East Pakistan, uh, you know, Afghanistan region, and uh, all of Buddhist statuary. There were like kind of quasi two-dimensional bas-reliefs, you know, that, that sort of where you have like a solid thing in the back. And there was some of this kind of little bit of representational Buddhist art, not a lot, no fully three-dimensional statuary until they got it from the Greeks. And there were about 20, 30,000 Greek Buddhist monks. Um, so yeah, just, you know, return or something. Not, yes, not I really. Think <laughs> I think it was Toynbee. He posited that, that if uh, Alexander had lived, he might end up bringing Buddhism back to back to Greece. Prop, well, and then there's a there's a really really famous important um, Buddhist um, sutra scripture that that's uh, now there's some academics kind of like to jerk off about this and they're like, there's no way I just don't see any reason to doubt that the oral I mean there's no like it's it's one of these arguments from absence where they're like well there's nothing definitively proving it we don't have great records it's like yeah we don't have great records of anything from that region at any other time the best record offering you're going to have is the like scriptural record and the text and the oral tradition, both of which say that um, this really important sutra called the the Melinda uh, Panya or the the questions to the king Melinda that the Melinda is the king Menander of Bactria and it's this dialogue between the Ooh. the Buddhist monk Nagasena and this Greek uh, king in the region 
and the king is like interested in Buddhism and they have this philosophical back and forth. And that really lays a lot of the foundation for um, Mahayana Buddhism as it would come to develop in, in certain I think ways. I, so, I think I've heard this one before. Yeah. It's very fascinating history. Yeah. People don't realize like the ancient world was just so, you know, you have this swath of civilization from from like Italy all the way into China. And uh, literally yes. the most ambitious crossover in all of history. <laughs> Sorry, you a great Roman, Roman Stop me if you've heard this one before. A, a, Greek, a, a Greek king walks into a Buddhist temple. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have Roman coins on the on the, on the southern southwest coast of um of India, you still have like that's you know the Apostle Thomas. We, we I think you were talking in gra graph chat a little bit about like uh, Indian Christianity and stuff. Like yeah, the the Apostle Thomas evangelized India on a well worn trade route from like using Roman trade routes, and they're still finding occasionally like troves of Roman gold coins on the southwest coast of India because like there was a trade route there. So yeah, I mean people just have people. Yeah, just, the Chinese are trying to. The Chinese were trying to hook up with uh, Rome as well, but basically the Persians told me, like, "Yeah, if you, if you <laughs> you're, there, not you're not, you're not going back." <laughs> well, I, I had a uh, a professor who was telling me about some sources that he was reading about the quote unquote travels of Hercules in Formosa, like the exploration of you know the Taiwanese island. That's fucking and based. I I can't find the source on it for the for the life of me, but. I believe it. it. Broke. Jesus went to India. Woke. Hercules went to Taiwan. I I believe this unironically. I was going to make a joke about Greeks. I was going to make a joke about Greeks, and then the next thing I know, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I think I, I heard a reference to the Silk Road, and I, I remember ordering heroin off that one time. <laughs> <laughs> or was that the same Silk Road you're talking about? I don't know. I don't know these things. Well, actually, if we're talking <laughs> about opium trade... I'm I'm at literally heroin off the Silk Road website. That's all the, the Pirate Bay type thing. I don't know. It's I have no idea. It's just you know the Silk, the Silk Road never road. ended, Spectre. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Silk Road never ends. Um, well, what do we got to talk about today? Um, before we get to the table of contents, <clears throat> one last Christmas plug. Go to antelopehill.publishing.com. You can buy Borzoi's book. You can buy Jack McCracken's book. You can buy my book. And if you bundle all three. You get some happy uncle bookmarks. Christmas uncle bookmarks. Very nice. Louis Condi, by the way, says he loves Spectre's white nationalist Funko Pop. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just a picture of me. <laughs> it's not a Funko Pop. That's just a picture of me. That's how short I am. Um, uh, what, what are we going to talk about today, guys? Table contents. Well, I really wanted to talk about... Um, Waukesha and the Media to Rise uh, documentary. I'd say that's my that's my main topic. Yeah, my topic for today is Waukesha and the Media to Rise documentary. Well, I, I'm glad that the field's kind of wide open for me because I wanted to talk about Media to Rise and Waukesha. It's um, don't really have anything else. No, we're not doing it. No, I am not talking about it again. <laughs> it's just not happening, guys. Just don't even try. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but we're not talking about that. Uh, what do you really want to talk yeah. about, guys? No, if you if you if you guys want to hear anything about that, go get behind the paywall. Listen to yesterday's episode on Tedious, and check out the appearance from Spectre on the People's Square. If that if you that's what you want to hear. So, absolutely. That's the right is slash paywall. And aside from the fact that this show is really more about bigger picture things than just news commentary, um, 
I actually am running the risk at this point of if I try to give you a new hot take on it, I don't want to give any spoilers away. And I might veer into that territory. So that's another reason not to speak about it, you know, until the thing comes. It's only two weeks. Come on, two weeks, maybe three if we push it past New Year's. But we sh- it'll it'll be it'll be dropping very soon. But what do you guys really want to talk about today? I actually have a bunch of stuff, and I don't know because I know we we're on something of a tight schedule, and and it's fine if we don't get to any or all of it. But um, uh, so I originally I wanted to say my well, I'll just lay it out. So my my winner is Russia. We have a comment in the in we have a comment asking for geopolitical discussion about Ukraine, please. I'm like, yeah, I would like to do that too. Uh, and then my loser is Richard Spencer. There was a kind of funny article in in Countercurrents or what, what did you call it, Nikkei Counter Signals, yeah. and um, <laughs> and. Uh, and then my topic, I had, there was this, uh, and, and Stryker mentioned it briefly on Telegram. There was this article, like, Roger Ayer is, is, is just doing typical retarded Roger Ayer shit and highlighting an article in Tablet Mag, and, and his kind of decline is always funny and makes for good content. But then I just saw, literally just came across the wire right in between, like, finalizing prep and, and starting the show, that uh, uh, the, the, this horrific plan for Notre Dame um, cathedral uh in paris has been approved officially the one that was just a rumor that they were going to do this horrible monstrosity disgusting degenerate jewish bullshit too is is now confirmed that that's the plan so um probably that should be discussed uh as well sorry i know that's already that's probably a lot already there i know y'all have other topics but that's what i got honestly i i think borzoi and i are both grateful for extra prep because we don't we do not bring anything to the table today well I'll just tell mine was I mostly just did it just did. There's really only one thing I wanted to talk about. So my winner, uh, my winner is I'm going to screw up this name because I even even though I LARP hard French, I cannot speak French in the least bit. Uh, My winner is Valerie Valerie Picress, I think is the name. Uh, My loser is Ghislaine Maxwell's court artist. And my topic and I'm not I actually don't want to do this. I just wanted to read the title. Are conservatives the new queers? Um, uh, uh, yes. New, oh, which has <laughs> <laughs> new. I don't really want to talk about that. I really only want to talk about the Eric Zamor, uh, Marine Le Pen, Valerie Pécresse uh, uh, situation developing with the right in in France. So, Eric Zamor, he's what? What day is his Sabbath? What day is his holy day? Uh. I'm going to assume it's Saturday. I think it is. And uh, DK, or there's sorry, more, DK. There's, I'm, I'm going to talk about oh. that as well. There's like there's a little bit to understand about Zamor. I I have fundamentally, I'm gonna, I'll just like say like I have an anti-Zamor take, but I'm a new one. I have a nuance to take on it also. Fair enough. Nikkei, what do you got, sir? I got Donald Trump's big fat L. <laughs> more on that Which later. One? <laughs> okay all right uh let's just dive right in who wants to go first i kind of want to talk about roger first just because yeah, i don't know it's, it's fine it's it, i don't think it's gonna take very long so uh drear had this uh article i mean it, it it it's so like it just rustled my jimmy so hard so he he, he the, the title is uh lyle Leibovitz takes the turn and uh, Lyle Leibovitz is this heinous Jew uh, who's writing in Tablet Mag. The essay starts uh, 
Well, he, he talks about oh, here. Here we go. He talks about like, he's, you know, how he's basically it's like I'm well, he frames it as I'm turning away from the left or wokeness or something. But literally all it is, is he's turning. It's like he's just become a hardcore uh, Zionist. Um, so he, he's, he starts by saying, you know, oh, I, I, I like uh, I embrace my people. That is the left and my people embraced me. Well, that's the, OK. So like Roger wants to. That's the thing. He's he's reading this as like, he's trying to convince us that he means because literally what Leibovitz says is I embraced my people and my people embraced me. They gave me everything I had always imagined I wanted. A Ph.D. from an Ivy League university, a professorship at NYU, complete with a roomy office overlooking Washington Square Park. Book deals, columns in smart little publications, invitations to the sort of swap where you could find yourself seated next to Salman Rushdie or Susan Sontag or any number of the men and women you grew up reading and admiring. Now, who's we? I mean, like, you really think he means just, oh yeah, just the left in a general sense. It's like, it's just laughable. Like, yeah, it's the left in general who gave you a PhD and a professorship at NYU and a roomy office in, 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 overlooking the park and book deals and columns in public. Yeah, that's just the left that did that, right? Yeah, the left. Yeah, and his people are the left. Oh, yeah, right. I that's see. his tribe, right? Is the left. Yeah, that's just tri him being yeah. tribal about like the left. For, for, pe for people who aren't familiar with Lyle Leibowitz, by the way, he's the uh, co editor. What is he? The, um, he's an editor for Tablet Mag. Yeah, he's uh, at the let's see here. He's, oh, yes, he's the senior writer and executive producer of their video interactive media. He was previously in the spokesperson's unit of the Israel Defense Force, and he is now, <laughs> and he is now uh, has a column at First Things. Yes, of course so, he does. So of, course of course he does. He does. Yeah, his, his job was literally doing the talking points for why this new Palestinian child is dead. Yeah. So, so this, I also, this, I wanna, these, I these, tri these tribal this leftists, one. like sitting around rubbing their hands and 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 practicing nepotism. That's what it is. The tribal yeah, leftists. Right, exactly. I, I he's doing, no, he's doing listicles for the for the IDF. It's like here, 20, 21 awesome pictures of dead Palestinian children. Number seventeen <laughs> will shock you. <laughs> God. Uh, God. Uh, so, so. Uh, now, I, I also want to highlight because Dreer, I keep fairly close tabs on Dreer because, you know, it, it, both my own personal amusement and he's, you know, sort of defining the outward edge of the Overton window on the right. Um, he had an he had an, an, a blog post, an essay a few days ago um, where he highlighted there's a Michael Anton essay that's actually not bad. I don't know that like it's kind of far afield from our present discussion. It's nothing people don't know or haven't already heard. I think it's mostly noteworthy because Anton is like brushing right up against the JQ in a, in a way that tells me that he knows, which he may, I may, maybe we figured already that he knows. Oh, but they all like, know, man. They, they all know. Okay. But he's oh, being yeah. a little more explicit. It doesn't, I don't want to debate. It's not really even relevant. I, you know, that's fine. I'm not saying that he doesn't know or that we didn't know that he didn't know, but he's now being a little more explicit to the point where he's directly quoting Susan Sontag. And this is why I bring <laughs> it up. Anton quotes Susan Sontag, uh, in that essay that Rod says you should go read every word of, uh, the Ur specimen is Susan Sontag's 1967 belch that, quote, the white race is the cancer of human history. Uh, now, someone who may or may not be me went to absolutely fucking ham on Rod in the comments um, and didn't end up having their comment approved because he's very careful about moderation. I didn't even say like anything bad or sorry, this person who may or may not be me didn't even say anything bad. Uh, in any case, it's not public. It's not. <laughs> but it was just like sort of a series of questions of like, OK. Rod, you have staked out this position that Jews are white. Why would a white person say that the white race is the cancer of human history, et cetera? Um, so, so like this idea that <laughs> this that's, that's really the good, Frank is uh, that's excellent. Um, uh, 
but anyway, yeah. So for for uh, like Anton is repeating Susan Sontag saying that the white race is the cancer of human history. Rod read every word of that essay, read uh, comments that he dis- that he didn't allow on his site, pointing this 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 phrase out that Susan Sontag said this. Leibovitz in his essay that he's praising and saying, oh, you got to go read this other essay too. In like the first paragraph, Leibovitz is like, oh man, I really love it when, you know, I used to love how I would get in, invited to parties with Susan Sontag. And this whole thing about like, oh, I turn against the 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 left. He he has he goes down um about like so the, the here here's the, the full substance of his like quote the turn. You are living through the turn if you seethe watching a terrorist organization attack the world's only Jewish state, but seethed silently because your colleagues were all on Twitter and Facebook sharing celebrity memes about ending Israeli apartheid while having little interest in American kids dying on the streets because of failed policies. The link about kids dying in the streets is not about Waukesha. It's about 11 children among 26 people shot during a single weekend of gun violence in Chicago. So this is another – he's just signaling libtard gun control. Oh, what about the kids dying in the, in the, in the, in the youths? You know, America is such a he, – he has absolutely nothing to say about the anti-current of anti-white hatred. He shares it. He's, he's a hard like – his whole thing is like the, the turn, what really – and he says that that's just one example. He says it over and over and over again that what really worked him up and what really got him to like, like, like seething angry is – is not anything. It, it, it all it is is about Israel. Literally, that's the entire, the entirety of it. Is is people on the left, to some extent, are not. They're like they understand that Israel is a racial apartheid, you know, Jewish supremacist state uh, that exists to exploit and 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 oppress its its Arab neighbors and its Arab popul its its domestic Arab population. Um, and, you know, from a from a kind of uh, consistent and honest leftist framework, to the extent that's even possible, like that's completely unacceptable. And and so you have all these leftists who are calling out Israel and he's see- meanwhile, he's seething because he does this thing that would uh, striker said it. Well, of course, he did. I mean, he's a you know, very talented writer. Uh, what did he say that? Um, oh, now it's like. Here we go. Uh, Eric Stryker. If you're wondering why millennial anarchists and neo-communists that seem so numerous during the Trump years have mostly vanished overnight, it's that the young Jews who mainstream this kind of extremism are doing what Jews always do once they become grown-ups, switch from left-wing radicals to rabid Zionists. Lickspittle Rodrier acts like it's some sort of ethical epiphany, but no, it's mostly just that the goyish elements on the left are being principled and aren't letting Jews have their double standard on Israel. Very well said. Yeah, no, it's this is... Literally how it's always gone from Trotskyite to neocon. Yep. That's the path. It's tried and true. It's actually yeah, old hat by now. It's a, it's a leftist who was mugged by reality. No, it's, it, it's, a, it's a Jew who was mugged by like the, the consistently no, anti-apartheid stance of it's the a, left. It's a Jew that dodged the ice axe. Ramon Mercator, R.I.P. I don't know which one is more. Should have been me, Stalin. Should have been me. I wish I did it. (laughs) I would have been Stalin's top mountaineer. (laughs) So, Uh, so I know which one's more dangerous or more destructive, but which one is more well traveled—the libertarian to, to Nazi pipeline or the? Uh, Trotskyite to neocon pipeline. Oh, they got us beat by decades, bro. 
Yeah. They were doing this shit before any of us were born. Even me. was only part Jewish, and he managed to make the same transition. Doesn't take much. And then they become worshipped by American conservatives, and it's just... Or white conservatives, and it's just... God, it's so stomach-turning. But yeah, anyway, I um, I think that's pretty much. There's not. I th- I, I thought you were going to mention as well that Dreer is that is just outright has to be trolling us now on on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, the man. Do you have that? The man uh, has image? more dick on the brain than a uh, than a New York so college I grad. The, I don't know if we have the link, but but there was like a yet another instance of. So there was one a few days ago where 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 uh, where Rod. Uh, was was saying how I guess at some thing some there's some event they put together and somebody got stung by a wasp on the penis. And how so does that even happen? I, you tell me, bro. And at a party, that's very easy. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I the mind boggles that uh, anyway. It he's trolling us. He's got to so be trolling to, us. With and this to shit. commemorate it and to commemorate it, he had. Now I don't want to cast aspersions because I actually think a manly mustache is is I'm I'm fully in favor of bringing back the prop you know there's a difference between the proper manly mustache and the, like the pedo stash the uh, slash you know fag stash, um so you know I don't know I don't want necessarily want to say but there's a there's a dude with the mustache that could go either way who's like some kind of bartender or like restaurateur of some sort, um who like to commemorate somebody getting stung on the penis at this event, um made up some kind of cocktail, the pecker popper or something. Um, and, and Rod was like gleefully tweeting about this. Rod also, Oh, this was the other thing that for you people, those of you not following Rod's Twitter account, which I actually don't, but I see this in, in uh, some of the group chats. Uh, Rod has recently taken to having a golem, like a literal, like a literal, like the golem of Prague, I guess in one of his, you know, jaunts to, to the Czech Republic as you know, people just kind of make it. Yeah, there you go, Frank. Thanks for pulling that up. See, that's what I can't tell that like the hair makes me think fag, like the top hair, not the mustache necessarily. You know what I mean? Like the combination. Um, the Walker Percy Pecker Popper. Yeah. Uh, so, gay. so, on, 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 so on gay. Of, on, yeah. on one of his like trips to Europe, uh, he picked up in the Czech Republic, like a literal like figurine of a golem, like from the Jewish story of the golem of Prague that he now keeps in his refrigerator and like takes photographs of like guarding his craft beer collection i'm like i'm not making this up i'm not making this up in his fridge to guard his ipas it's actually to beer to guard his uh, bira nurcia from uh from italy from the like the benedictine monk whatever the, 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 the okay the, the, yeah well his you know special snowflake beer i don't look i like a good beer i don't have to put some jew trinket uh in my fridge to you know tickle some artistic decoration fancy i have and even if i did i don't have the need to tell everyone about it but rod has both and and then and then like i think just yesterday there was some kind of like it was some kind of shelter in north animal shelter in north carolina that was doing some kind of like buy a t-shirt to support our animal shelter which is nice and the 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 picture is like kind of a stylized like hand petting a dog um but uh I mean, Rod's thing, Rod's comment was like, oh, it took me three times to look at this picture to see the dog. Because if you're like, if you have terminal dick on the brain-itis, um, yeah, I could sort of see how the dog in that stylized picture would, would look like a like a penis if you just only have penis. I, I just don't know what, I mean, 
is a part of me that wants to be like, yo, bro, like, is everything okay? I mean, he's married and has kids. Like, I just don't. Is this some kind of like midlife gay crisis thing? I just don't know. I, Rod Dreer is an enigma that's on it. Like, it's it's the worst puzzle that you ever want to try to solve. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes. perfectly well put. I'm glad Rod Dreer is not our guy because I don't know. He would just be the most cringe person to hang around. I don't want. I, I don't want responsibility for him. Imagine being. No. Like, imagine being the guy who's got <laughs> no. a red pill, Rod Dreer. Uh, <laughs> I, I even feel if, like if he Rod did get it, he exist. would still like say bizarre, like embarrassing shit like this, and you just face palm and be like, Rod, please stop. He would just be a bang commenter, actually. Not, I think. <laughs> Ouch. I I have to admit, uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but uh, in another lifetime, like more than a decade ago, um, on several occasions, I hung out with him and drank beer in Dallas. How did that go? Yeah. Well, I was I was still in the normie world as well. And so, you know, his brand of at the time kind of contrarian uh, Catholic driven conservatism, it wasn't bad. We, We complimented each other. In the sense of like, you know, we, we got along. We were like the outsiders in the, in the whole media world in Dallas because everybody else is, you know, shit lib or leftist or whatever. So it wasn't so bad. I just don't know what happened. To him. I know that over the last 10, 12 years, I have evolved. I'm not sure exactly what happened to get him to where he is now. Well, but I feel like if he devolved. Did, yeah, well, I feel like if he didn't exist, we have to make him up, you know. <laughs> we, we need never, that can, kind of a clown Rod, there's no way I mean he's even said in the past about how like um, people have commented you know for like a decade plus now like you know because he, he was he would speak favorably on occasion of Moldbug and people would come in the comments say like you know when you talk about the cathedral it's more like the synagogue and and so he's been having these comments for, for a decade and he's very he retains very very tight moderation you can only imagine like what doesn't get published you know so it, it's one of these things where it's like there's just no way he doesn't know, which means it's all just very deliberate, right? If you want to know who rules over you, just see who you can. He got in trouble. Rodriguez comments. <laughs> well, he's he cited that particular thing, and he's like, I don't, you know, maybe it's you know, I understand it's a misattributed to Voltaire, <laughs> but like you know, it, it's true. It's just you know, we shouldn't be anti-Semitic because anti-Semitism is evil. It's just like I I, I just don't even, like know where to start. Like. <laughs> I mean, our, our audience is going to kill us if we linger on Roger. Yeah, we've got to. I agree. All right. Well, what do we want to move on to? I, I'm sorry. I still I want to go back. He, he's the guy is smart enough to know that this is not his tribe is not the left. How can he not know this? The guy is is, is educated on world religions and politics and all well, that. OK, so not to like where is he going so wrong? He, he Ron has recently fallen in with the the um the Orban Yoram Hazoni national conservative Jew, that side of the Jew op like that's a fairly recent because he he kind of he was essentially the guy who served as the middleman between Tucker and Orban to get Tucker into Hungary over the summer and like has has very much fallen in with that he's like like basically Rod is now the mouthpiece in in on 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 the religious right of the American political scene for Orbanism and like that side of the of the Zionist operation. So um I I I I mean I can't, you know, I he has been he has himself has said all that. Everything like that that that's all appeared on his blog. I'm going to speculate um based on that evidence that 
um, well, like on this note, okay, so he just got uh, like he just announced on his blog a few weeks ago, he's getting an all all expenses paid vacation for like a fucking year to go to Europe and like dance around. Yeah, again to go all these different like pilgrimage sites, um, you know, Montmartre in 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 Paris and and uh, like Mount Athos and like et cetera et cetera et cetera for like a year, up to about a year. Um, all expenses paid. He has, he says he may spend some of his own money, but basically it's all expenses paid, um, to do research for his next book, quote unquote research, like questions. Rod Dreher never asked himself, why are these Jews in the publishing industry giving him God knows how much money to just sit on his ass and go all these pretty old churches. Right. Like, like I think from my perspective, it's pretty clear. Like the, what's going on here is he has been essentially paid off. Like the, the price of his being able to put out, because um, because he he's been praising the 1956 revolution in Hungary. He praised it in his most recent book, "Live Not by Lies," which is by Solzhenitsyn. You don't think there were people in the comments being like, "Hey, Rod, you like Solzhenitsyn? <laughs> I have a book of his that you should read." You know, uh, yeah. two hundred years together. Obviously, is what I'm referring to. <clears throat> and and um, and the 1956 revolution in Hungary. Uh, someone I know had a comment that was spiked by Rod, pointing out the anti-Semitic nature of the the 1956 Hungarian revolution. So, like, I, I just I, like what, what, what it strikes me is going on here is is he has received at least some big tranches of money and is on the hook to receive further big tranches of money from uh, the, the this kind of Orbanist, um, you know, Bolsonaro tier operation, whatever, whatever you want to. I don't know. Do we have a name for that? I don't know what to. But it doesn't Mega matter. <laughs> I guess Frank. I guess Frank found his drops. Yeah. <laughs> indeed, Frank. Indeed. Um, but but yeah. So so that like operation has hooked Rod in as like their kind of religious commentator guy, um, with the with the stipulation that he keeps an absolute lid on any kind of anti-Semitism, even in his like comment section. Even not even just anti-Semitism, like overt anti-Semitism, but just like asking questions like. Okay, well, who is Susan Sontag? And if you think Jews are white, why would Susan Sontag say that white people are a cancer on the human race? Rod Dreher is our tar baby, and if we keep punching him, we're going to be here all day, and our audience will actually kill us. They will hunt us <laughs> yes. down and right, kill right. us. Right. It's just other, shame. Uh, we're moving like, on. There's too much, too much money to be made being a retard online. Like... All expenses wait, wait, paid trip to... I've been doing that for years for free. <laughs> yeah, wait, what the <laughs> we hell do it we fuck this up? <laughs> well, now are you we just have the, to make Are, are we the Jannies? You gotta make your whole <laughs> is a uh, ponders your Orban. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I could talk about uh, Zamora because actually uh, Rod Dreher has praised Eric Zamor. Uh, yes, he, uh, very much part of that piece. Yes, very much. He, part he of said that about he upgrade. said about his uh, speech. It's an incredible speech, not the first time Zamora has given one. The American politicians who can give an American version of the speech because France's problems are not America's problems and run a campaign on it will become president. Well, that's the thing here, uh, Roger. So, kind of an update. Um, everyone who everyone who you know no, understands how the French political system works knew that Eric Zamora jumping into the race was going to do nothing but effectively split the uh, the the quote unquote far right vote. Uh, and since he's jumped into the race, polling was pretty consistent with uh, with uh, with Le Pen basically being edging out Zamor, but 
with no clear front runner to the second uh, runoff position uh, against Macron. So for people who don't know the French political system, you have a first round where they run a bunch of people. Top two go to the go to the runoff round. That's how it works. So you can end up in these spoiler type situations, which is what Zamor is playing at. And you have people who support Zamor despite the fact that. I mean, do, I, I'll just mention he's a Jew, so uh, that's the obvious part. Despite the fact that you, you have white nationals supporting him, despite the fact that he's a he's a Jew, and it's clearly obvious what he's doing. He's also got banker money that's bankrolling him. He has bankers that he's been going to both London and drawing off of J.P. Morgan bankers Wasn't to get McConnell basically finance guy. Yeah, no, it's it's my it's my it's my based banker versus your cringe <laughs> banker. Oh my god! The that might stage. be the show title right yeah. there. No, I like that a lot for the show title. Yeah, but well, and the, the French people deserve so much better. Like I saw, what was it? I saw, I think a recent poll, like, like, like two thirds of French think the situation is intolerable, and like a th- like like almost fifty percent of Italians think that um, they're being replaced. Like this is, I mean, explicitly. I mean, this, this, it's not like these people don't know. It's not like I mean, if you imagine like forty percent of you know Italians are responding that way, and sixty something percent of French are responding that way, and yet this is what the. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm actually kind of. I think France is going to be violent. It's going to be bad, yeah. but it's going to be okay. Oh, it is. Like, Louis Condi had had on. Um, he's great, by the way. He he covers a lot of the French stuff on Post. Uh, he posted something of, uh, over a week ago, basically a poll that, and I can't. I'm, I don't want to. S- word this incorrectly because i can't remember what the exact the poll stated but basically a, a majority of french people think in a racial way and are and are fine with admitting that that's yeah, essentially what, what you yeah. what you draw from the poll they're fine with admitting that which is what zamor is uh you know he's that's why he's able to draw he's about 12 percent yeah. yeah and he's, he's able to draw about 12 percent of support but the problem is that you have people who are also going to be loyal to le pen this is a situation that le pen created herself with the alienate with alienating her, her right flank allowing Zamor to basically come in and take that. And so you're creating this very acrimonious situation between people who are saying, like, no, Le Pen's our base candidate. No, Zamor, even though he's a Jew, that's our base candidate. And they're going to it's going to get ugly between the two of them. You even have you even have French right wingers who see what's going on basically pleading with Zamor and Le Pen to not make this ugly because they know what's going to happen with this with the vote splitting. And it's already starting to manifest so for the republicans which is the party that uh nicholas sarkozy who was also jewish uh basically turned he took in the ump i think it was what the union for uh for a popular movement i think it was called that was the original conservative party he reformed it into what was called the republicans and their front runner candidate is a woman named valerie picress and she's currently the for the last week she's been pulling consistently right behind the crone it's you know Things can change in an election easily, but at the time at at this time, you have Macron and Picress going into the runoff with neither Le Pen or Zamor having a shot at it because they're they're splitting the vote and they're creating a situation that nobody can agree upon. Um, I'm gonna lick my finger and hold it up in the wind here for a second, and I don't make a euphemism joke out of that. Um, I want to take a step back from from this just because I've been a little bit out of the the day to day loop and following the stuff. But am I wrong that it seems like they are the, the world jewelry, whatever you want to call it, Zog is really stepping up the efforts to have to create this gatekeeping conservatism. Like they know that there's a danger of, if, you know, West France oh, yeah. or, or, or Hungary or the United States where, well, that's all, always something they've done. But it seems like they're really ramping up that effort to they're try to prop to pro- up this kosher conservatism. A, this is why I mentioned Hazoni and like national, like Broad was at the quote national conservative 
conference. They don't have like they have like an organization that has conferences. Obviously they're still pushing that shit in, aren't they? It, they're not just pushing it. It's like they are. I think they're ramping up the spending and the attempt. The problem is, it's like the dogs don't want the dog food. Everybody, like the, one of the interesting things, I always felt um, as as kind of almost something of an outsider at the time. Like um, I was, I wasn't at Charlottesville, and and um, you know, I was like kind of, I was, I was sympathetic and 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 you know wanted to see the 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 protests go off well and all that but i wasn't um you know like in the movement per se at that point and uh and so i i saw like a lot of the kind of doom pilling about um uh, oh god this is the end and everything's over like well a lot of things did end and you know the the twp is no more uh identity europa is no more uh I, frankly i think mostly we're just without a lot of dead weight um, the, the wheat has been separated, separated from the chaff, uh, the men from the boys. And, um, you know, like speaking very much as at that time as, as an outsider, like, I think people were kind of, um, I think when you're in the middle of something, it's easier, it, it's, it's harder, I guess, to get an objective sense. And people were really like, like negative on it in a way that they didn't need to be, that they thought it was, you know, just a complete disaster in a way that it, it really wasn't like the media treated it a certain way, but most people, most people just didn't care. And, um, I remember like a, a year or two later, I was at, uh, uh, a, a U2 concert and Bono made a reference like it's Charlottesville or something. And like, nobody, it was like, what the fuck is he talking about? So, uh, the the thing is, like, uh, everybody has moved on. Everybody understands what the stakes are. And and in the in a context of uh, you know, domestic politics where parents are getting beaten up by, you know, goon, by goons for, for objecting to their daughters getting raped in, in a school bathroom, like, nobody has time for, for this kind of bullshit. It's just, like, everybody, everybody understands um, – Everybody understands, like, like kind of what the stakes. Even even normies are. We saw this thing. I, may, I forgot to mention. Maybe this is a good chance to mention. Um, Brian Williams had this just really creepy and and I, I don't know. We can we can just discuss maybe briefly about it. But but Brian Williams has been on the air for twenty eight years, almost three decades. Um, signed off with basically like the, telling whoever was listening that the people in charge of this country are insane and they're trying to kill you all, and I don't recognize it anymore. And he said it in a deliberately ambiguous way that, um, you know, a lot of people are like, well, maybe he meant like the January 6th Magatard Trump stuff. It's like, first of all, he doesn't need to like, I mean, but, it, the, I, I just don't buy that. And I, but I think he was deliberately ambiguous to like get that kind of plausible deniability. Well, That's clearly I mean, not what he meant. You can't discount, though. Um, and the man's been through a lot. He suffer he suffers PS PTSD from when he you know <laughs> was with the troops at Normandy, storming the beaches, and you know he, sure. he's been there for all of these important events. You know, and uh, so, no, I don't. I I saw that, and I think Borzoi had the hottest take on it. But it does sound like a hostage letter in in its yeah. own way. You want to you, know? you want to play? It's like two minutes. You you want to you want to oh, play it maybe just, or just. Okay, I just want one. I'm, yeah, I'm just going to punt on this Haretz article here. Don't worry about that, Frank. Uh, the only thing I wanted to say quickly, just about explaining the Zamor thing, uh, and then we can move sure, on to Brian Williams. One of the reasons why he, he's you know he's been able to capture some attention. Uh, Louis Condi writes in the chat here, Zamor got popular circa 2014 because he was supposedly leaking a plan that French army had called Operation Ronce. Uh, where the army is planning martial law in a nationwide battle of Algiers campaign against Muslim no-go zones. And that's something to understand about the French right as well, is that there's a large component of people that are Pied Noir or were influenced by that stuff. The Pied Noirs were the French who were in Algeria and had to leave after the Algerian War of Independence. 
And that's, I mean, that's what Dominique Venner had was kind of emblematic of, of all that. He wasn't a Pied Noir himself, but he volunteered to go fight in Algeria. And that the wound of Algeria ha- has a huge blow kind of on the on the French on the French consciousness. And a lot of Pied Noir are very reactionary, very Catholic, very, very fascist oriented as, as well. A lot of that stuff, a lot of them came were sympathetic to those movements. And because Zamor is an Algerian Jew. He's not an Ashkenazi Jew. He's an Algerian Jew. He can try to, and with France's culture of kind of like its um, civic identity, he can make those, he can kind of like signal that Pied Noir credentials. And that's one of the reasons, unfortunately, why he's able to. I was kicked out of my homeland by Muslim terrorists. Yeah, and and he's 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 doing doing that. But the thing is, he's kind of right, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the Haaretz article basically. Uh, likens him to Benjamin Netanyahu and talks a lot about uh, Reconquista. It basically ends with uh, with him with it saying, what's it say down here? I'm just uh, And just like Zamor's roots give, giving him a pass in the eyes of some, at least, from the accusation of anti-Semitism, Netanyahu and his supporters have been willing to do the same for like-minded allies. Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban's anti-Semitic campaigns, the Holocaust revisionism of the uh, PIS government in Poland and above all, the white supremacist tendencies of Donald Trump have all been whitewashed personally by Netanyahu because they share this worldview. Just like Zamor, who is prepared to jeopardize his fellow French Jews in his quest to lead the reconquest of France, Netanyahu did the same to Hungarian, Polish, and American Jews in his embrace of the leaders of their countries. So is Zamor an anti-Semite? Perhaps, but to make that claim, you have to accept that Netanyahu is one as well. So what you're seeing... hard to listen to because it's it's like... you're, uh, it's all, all bullshit. Literally, it's all yeah. lies within lies. It's all lies it becomes, within lies, twisted uh, around each other, and and intended to you know confound you to confound but the who's Gentile. really confound? That's my question. Is like that's what I was trying to get at. Is like who's really confounded? Like who who attends a national conservative con- conference? Like it, it's the same people that go to first things conferences. It's like eighteen you know people. It, it just doesn't matter. Like none of like. These people don't have any reach. They don't have any clout. Like they, they you know it. It's um. Man, I hope so. I can tell you, like the 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 edge. I again, I keep well, no reach and no clout. But all they got to do is prop it. Up. All they got to use is is their you know the friendly media to prop it up, and all of a sudden this becomes yeah. the, but the they're driving not. force. Like the new federalist isn't the 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 like the 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 edgy conservative wing, like the Jesse Kellys, the Sean Davises, Jack Basovich, these types. Uh, they don't. They're they're not going. They're not go- even. They are not going along with it. Like that's what I'm saying. It, they're, mm. they're 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 not. Even they are not are not are not are not pushing that. Oh. Like this is some. This is just so astroturf and so fake and gay. Like it, they would they would instantly like because their audience isn't our guys, but they're not. They're like well on the path. I mean, they themselves are gatekeepers of a sort, right? And and right. but they're like essentially further right than 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 the kind of Orban uh, Bolsonaro operation. And and they would lose their audience if if they well, is if they the push that stuff con- too hard. Is it the actual content that these edgy, edgy conservatives find objectionable, or is it just the association with the, literally the the word nationalism? Oh no no no! It's that it's too weak. It's that it's like it's that these people are fake. You know, I mean, it's it, it's it's that these yeah, I guess the associations with the the personalities are out and like those sort of things they advocate are just not mm, helpful okay. or serious. Okay, well, I'm a little, out, like I said, out of the loop. So if I ask dumb questions, well, any more dumb? No, not at all. It's I, I, yeah. I don't. We don't talk about this because people don't. I mean, I sort of I consider like you know keeping tabs on edgy conservatives like one of my beats, and 
And I, I definitely like Pasovich has been actually pretty good. He did not yet mention. I was thinking actually email him from a burner account with the with the media to rise thing, which in fairness, the full documentary hasn't been released. I'm really curious how he's going to react um, once it is released. He hasn't said anything about the trailer, but he was actually really good on Waukesha and, and on calling it out specifically as like anti-white, you know, black terrorism. Um, and, and has said repeatedly in the aftermath, like, we're not going to forget, like, this is disappearing from the news cycle. I'm not, we're not going to let it. Um, you wanna, so that's where they are. Briefly, you want to briefly mention the, the conversation you and I have been having of trying to figure out what, what the yeah, Soviet no team is. Because yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I, yeah. Because well, like, because I mean, a lot of people know this, but if you don't, like Pasovic was basically a glowy. He's former, he's former Navy intelligence. He did uh, uh, an op in 2016, like of trying to pin a rape Melania sign on on leftists. I mean, this guy is known for doing gay ops. Like, we know he used to call himself alt right. He used to take pictures of Richard Spencer. He did all this stuff, and he's been able to very seamlessly transform himself to the point that when he got um, a the Raw Egg Nationalist book in the mail from Antelope yeah. Publishing. What was his name? Um, right. The, 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 the really squirrely looking Antifa journalist that does Right Wing Watch. What's his name? Jared Holt. You didn't Jared, really narrow it down there, but yeah. <laughs> Jared, Jared Holt. Jared Holt like, tw- like, ran cover for Pasovic saying, well, he might not have actually, like, he might not have ordered that himself. That might have just been sent to him. He didn't know what he had. Like, what? Like, when have you ever seen Wait, an Antifa what? journalist run cover like that? That's, oh, yeah, well, uh, that's very sus. That. I did not know well, that. I think he's just, I, I don't know. I, I can't speak for the Jared Holt. I actually didn't see. I, I when I, as soon as I saw, because he, he was like, it, it was clear because it was, it was raw egg nationalism and the um, more recent publication than that of like the, um, the hardcover edition of the Bound Journal whatever the men's studies or I forget whatever they called it. Um, manliness quarterly or I, I don't even so, yeah, but, was uh, like men's quarterly. whatever it was, it, but it was two Antelope Hill products that you basically would only get together. Like it's very clear that he went to antelopehillpublishing.com and ordered the, ordered this product and, and then took a photo of it. And I, and that was like, that's kind of almost, that was a further development. I consider that an escalation essentially from there's been a phenomenon because um, uh, both Pasovich and Cernovich, had in recent months tweeted out photos of their collection of like Peter Kemp books published by Mystery Grove. And not just that, um, but but retweeted Mystery Grove, the account itself. Now, granted, Mystery Grove is like very, very deep cover, you know, very good optics. And and um, like the content that was retweeted by these people was was, you know, it was like a crossover thing like of like kind of you know edgy right and and actual dissident right um yeah. it was about the spanish civil war type stuff so it's not but like just the fact that okay so they're so first they're ordering product from mystery grove and retweeting mystery grove then now they're like buying product and tweeting out product from antelope hill like that's a that's a further development right like, irrespective of like however whatever else you want to like say about it or you know it doesn't i'm less interested in that than just the phenomenon itself is one thing to order spanish civil war reprints from uh, Mystery Grove, it's another thing to go to Antelope Hill and buy Antelope, even if you're like not buying Leon DeGrell, like it's, you know what I mean? So uh, anyway, yeah, so, so, but the question is like, what the hell's going on with Pasovich specifically? And you're like, he's, boys are that he's a sociopath. I'm not, I'm not gonna say that I necessarily disagree. I'm just pointing out like, he, he's like hardcore on like, pray every day, these people are demons, go to church, pray every day, these people are demons. Like he 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 says some version of that message pretty much every day, and like that's hard for me to, even if he's a 
skinwalking sociopath, it's very notable to me that like the guy who staked out that kind of the kind of position that he has feels the need to to speak in those terms. The only way the only way I know how to do, how to compare this is with a Bugman reference. I kind of don't want to do it. Do it. Fine. Do it, faggot. He's because he, he 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 makes me he makes me think of like a Peter Baelish little little finger type figures. Like I have no idea what he's playing at. He's playing his own game, and I would I do not trust this man. There's he's up to something. Yeah. He's not he's not a he's not teal money. I can tell you that. He like he doesn't act like somebody with teal money. I don't know if he's got a backer. I don't know if he's like figured out some way to do an an independent thing, but. The also the Jared Holt running cover for him thing is extremely sus. It's just I don't know, man. He he also like I have no proof that he served with Budishig, but they both were in naval intelligence at the same time. So oh, I don't know yeah. what to tell you, man. There's something there's something not right about this, and I don't know what yeah, no, to describe I, it. The Jared Holt thing that's that's not a coincidence or an accident. That's no, that there's no be, way. Dude. That guy, Jared Holt, like, plans out every one of his tweets to be as, you know, extremely directed as possible. He's not an off-the-cuff guy. Uh, he is a narcissist, and he he's, like, driven by his narcissism, but also this, you know, anti-fascist ideology of his. And under no circumstances would... Uh, you know, a good faith posobic be exempt from that. Something's wrong. Yeah, I've, I've literally never it seen does, any of these antifa journalists it does give not any benefit of the doubt to anybody when they can use it to crucify them. Yeah, you gave money to Nazis to buy. Those I mean, maybe posobic is going rogue to some extent. I, I mean, that would kind of explain it, right? Like, I don't know. I just don't know. No, it's well, whatever he's doing, like, like, like Borzo said, you just can't trust him. No, I, I, I definitely don't trust him. None I, of us I'm, are saying that. Point None here. of us like, are saying that. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's more like, again, like you, you, you can't it's just really me. speculate as to the motives. You can you can definitely <laughs> notice the phenomenon, which is like irrespective of whether he wants to or feels forced to or whatever. Like, you know, he's tweeting out photos of Antelope Hill books like Antelope Hill. Like, you know told me that they got a big spike in sales like there were normies submitting like normie manuscripts for publication through them um as a result of that particular tweet like the effect was instantaneous i'm so, not gonna get in the way of like so like i think i said this on post like i'm not gonna get away if base glowy wants to do a base thing i'm not going to get away get in the way but yeah i, I think yeah, i made keep, my, my feelings clear on it giving money yeah i i give i give less I was going to say, I give less benefit of the doubt to uh, Pasobic than Jared Holt does at this point. So, really, the moral of the story: absolutely, don't trust Pasobic. Go buy books from Antelope Hill. Right, you, and yes. it's, it's yes. okay to yes. it's okay it's okay to take base glowy money as long as you're not on the hook for anything. Yeah, no. Yes. If it's a sale, then uh, yeah, right, you right, already right, give right. them what what yeah. they're owed. One you book, can, you can purchase the product. Thank just you, like please come else. again. Yes. You can sign up for the paywall, just like you know. If, if Fed's listening to this right now, you know uh, the right stuff. Biz slash paywall. We will happily take your money. Dude, uh, stop for- pirating our shit, Feds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, can we get back the to the Brian? Are, 
Oh, sorry, Porzo, were you were you done with Zimor? Yes, or, yes, yes. Um... In fact, actually, my dog is going nuts. So, uh, if you, uh, I think I made my take on the Brian Williams thing kind of clear. So, if you guys, if I don't, if I'm not back in time, just go ahead and read whatever the stuff I'm around. Yeah, we could do that for sure, for sure. Yeah. So, Frank, you want to queue up that video? And this is just fuck, like I, I was fucking floored by this. New Jersey native. This is where I get to say regrets. I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. What a ride it's been. Thursday, March, Brian Williams. Oops, is that, uh, I guess, they, they, they don't want you to, they don't want you to see the full video. That's, see, that's like what I'm talking about. Like, they, they and, and, and this, I think, speaks to my hypothesis here. We'll, we'll get into it in a second. Check Here's a, no, I, I just sent a link in the chat. Wow, that, see, that really tells you like they, they don't They're want really you to hear to what he actually this. said. They want to hear you like, you know, uh, uh, hard four out of 10 Asian lady, like, you know, tell you what to think about it. Raul would still retweet. That. <laughs> 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 All right, we got it here. Well, look at the time. I'll try to keep this brief. After 28 years of Peacock Ooh. logos on much of what I own, it is my choice now to jump without a net into the great unknown, as I do for the first time in my 62 years. My biggest worry is for my country. The truth is I'm not a liberal or a conservative. I'm an institutionalist. I believe in this place, and in my love of country, I yield to no one. But the darkness on the edge of town has spread to the main roads and highways and neighborhoods. It's now at the local bar and the bowling alley, at the school board and the grocery store. And it must be acknowledged and answered for. Grown men and women who swore an oath to our Constitution, elected by their constituents, possessing the kinds of college degrees I could only dream of, have decided to join the mob and become something they are not, while hoping we somehow forget who they were. They've decided to burn it all down with us inside. That should scare you to no end as much as it scares an aging volunteer fireman. To my coworkers, my love and thanks, and I say again, everyone I've worked with has made me better at what I do. To my family, love and thanks doesn't begin to cover it, but now I have the time to better express it. My friends know who they are. No one's been blessed with better friends. To the guests on this broadcast, as you heard the nice man say a few minutes ago, it's always been about you. Otherwise, I'd be staring into the camera for an hour, five nights a week, and nobody wants to see that. You are the 11th hour and will continue to be the 11th hour. This is where I thank you, however, for being so great for explaining these last five years. As a proud New Jersey native, this is where I get to say regrets. I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. What a ride it's been. Where else? How else? Was a kid like me going to meet presidents and kings and the occasional rock star? These lovely testimonials that I can never truly repay make me hyper aware that it has been and remains a wonderful life. Morning in Bedford Falls. The reality is, though, I will wake up tomorrow in the America of the year 2021, a nation unrecognizable to those who came before us and fought to protect it, which is what you must do now. My colleagues will take it from here. I will probably find it impossible to be silent and stay away from you and lights and cameras 
after I experiment with relaxation and find out what I've missed and what's out there. Every weeknight for decades now, I've said some version of the same thing. Thank you for being here with us. Us, meaning the people who produce this broadcast for you. And you, well, without you, there is no us. I'll show myself out until we meet again. That is our broadcast for this Thursday night. Thank you for being here with us. And for all my colleagues at the networks of NBC News, good night. You know, the weird part seems to be you could take some of that in isolation, and he could be speaking of something very much the way we would speak of it. I, I think you know, this is, is America that we don't frankly. recognize. Oh, I, I think that's exactly what he's saying, personally. I understand that he's being ambiguous and people are going to people on the left are going to probably interpret it as like, oh, he's talking about, you know, Ku Klux Klan rallying at the January, January 6th. 6th and all right. That. Yeah. And and our guys are going to harp on that as like, oh, no, I think that's exactly what he meant. <clears throat> I mean, I don't trust the guy enough to give him any credit. It, I'm just it's saying it's not about trusting him. It's wording, about like yeah. so. So there's been a discussion of this on on post. Now, just to be clear, so Borzoi was because he's not here back yet. Borzoi's take on this was, wasn't even really disagreeing. He's like. Um, I'm not, what did he say? I'm not saying he's, I mean, he's just, I'm not saying he's not a rat fleeing a sinking ship. It's that he was a fat and happy rat until two minutes ago. Um, and I think that's right. The, the, the discussion on, on post of, of this has been POA.ST for, for those of you, um, not in the know or not on there, um, has, has been, um, interesting. Uh, let me read a little bit of, um, cause. So here's from our, our friend, uh, Carl Dahl <clears throat> says, uh, excellent call out. I'm utterly surrounded by white libtards in his, that is Brian Williams age bracket. And they are constantly flipping out because they can't lie to themselves anymore about what is happening. They can't hide from it in real life. And the cognitive dissonance is making them snap. I've seen several public freakouts in stores and next door. I monitor never post. It's exploding with cognitive dissonance snaps to which uh, washed out Gundam pilot. Uh, nice username replies for the loudly left leaning one. I once worked with, I pretended to be overly Mexican supremacist. That is, I have a tan and say I'm not white, and they can't second-guess me. He would get angry and huffy about it, but it only ever amounted to, hey, we invited diversity, thinking you would play by the nice, kind white people rules and live in harmony like non-racists. That's not fair. Someone should stop this. Telling him, quote, well, we're taking over. It doesn't really matter what you old white people want. This is our house now. That's those old rules that you used to have. We aren't the guests anymore. You are. That would really spin him up, but I could never get him to admit that it was all an error and he was hoodwinked. Like so many, he just threw his hands up saying, what do I care? I'll be dead anyway. And then yeah. uh, Turbo Normie, another friend of the show, uh, and, and myself says, you know, I was sort of dismissive of this whole thing yesterday. That is the Brian Williams media thing. But I but I think it really is as noteworthy as uh, DK makes it out to be for this reason. I think things are accelerating so quickly that Der Erga Boomer is awakening to the fact that, no, they won't be dead before it all goes to shit. In fact, it's going to shit at the exact moment they need things to coast along just a little further in terms of 401ks and healthcare. Um, and, I, and I really do think that's what's what's going on here is, is, you know, whether you want to call it a moment of clarity or he I think it's just he finally he, this is his last broadcast. And and, um, you know, he, he is a little bit more free to kind of just what are they going to do? Cut the feed. You know, I mean, that would be a little on the nose even for them. Um, right. He, you know, he, he's saying like, yeah, I mean, he, he literally said I mean, that's the, other, the creepiest thing about it to me, which I think you were kind of getting at Spectre is is like the. The contrast, I mean, he delivers it in this straight news deadpan. It's like like basically no emotion. 
versus like mm-hmm. i mean let me let me read out these like when I, I first saw this on the page i was like there's no fucking way he said this as i saw the head i saw the the headlines or like the the, the link to real care politics in the snippet i'm like there's let me read more and i started reading it and i was like there's no way he said this and 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 it turns out like he did say it but the vote the it was this kind of mk ultra what did i might call it the N- mkr the npr you know mk ultra voice that that he used was was completely at odds with the con let me read this like not in his deadpan monotone uh the truth is, I'm not a liberal or a conservative. As I do for the first time in the for the first time in my 62 years, my biggest worry is for my country. The truth is, I'm not a liberal or a conservative. I'm an institutionalist. I believe in this place, and in my love of my country, I yield to no one. But the darkness on the edge of town has spread to the main roads and highways and neighborhoods. It is now at the local bar and the bowling alley, the school board and the grocery store, and it darkness. Must be you say. Interesting choice of metaphor. Right, right. And it must be acknowledged and answered for. Grown men and women who swore an oath to our Constitution. There he's talking not just about politicians, but the military who is now being on this like tran- tranny bullshit for a while, elected by their con- constituents, possessing the kinds of college degrees I could only dream of, have decided to join. Okay, pause. Who are the like the. <laughs> Anyway, it's, I mean, it's just again, it's it, have decided to join the mob and become something they are not while hoping we somehow forget who they were. They de- they've decided to burn it all down with us inside. That should scare you to no end as much as it scares an aging volunteer fireman. I mean, that is like <laughs> that is extremely radical rhetoric. I mean, it doesn't get I mean, the people in charge of this country are insane. They're trying to kill us all. Is what he's saying there. And even if, like, my thing with this is ultimately is like, oh, look, even if you want to say he's just being a hardcore lip first of all, you won't hear this kind of blood curling rhetoric, rhetoric, like, not in those terms, out of yeah. the mouth of, of even like a Rachel Maddow. But even if you did, like, that's a call to war, frankly. Like, and, I mean, and, and if, I guess if you, it, to, to grant, um, I guess, the, uh, you know, a large benefit of the doubt here, and that's been apparently my term that I'm going to keep repeating this entire episode, I, I always pick up on one and I just can't let it go. Um, some, some silly turn of phrase, but, uh, yeah. Uh, basically, if you assume that he's been the libtard he's been, and you know, just the standard issue libtard that you'd get in in mass media, um, he would have to have recognized that basically libtards are getting everything that they want. They're they have gotten all these changes, all these dramatic revolutionary changes to the American landscape over the course of his career. So for him to say that everything has gone to shit, that all these institutions have you know are joining the mob, that all these changes that are so terrible that are going to—they're basically burning down the house around you. He would have to be criticizing it for its libtardedness, for its anti-whiteness. It's almost impossible. maybe I'm going out on, not, not on a limb here. No, I'm it's saying not it's impossible. A, it's, not, you know, it's not like completely impossible, but it's almost impossible to read it any other way. Like that's what I was getting. I mean, it's like you could like, you could sort of twist it and see, but when he talks about. That's not, a vic- women. this is not a victory speech. This is a no. We exactly. have lost everything over the last forty years, and we have to get it back. And they're coming to kill you if you know. Again, liberalism has won. It has won since at least World War II, probably before that. Liberalism is the power structure of the day. It is the, is the ruling zeitgeist. And for him to sit here and act like, I mean, what is it that he? If you're going to put yourself in his mind, if he is a libtard. What is it that they haven't accomplished that they want to accomplish that is so dangerous? The extinction of white people, um, they don't that they don't have state enforced homosexuality yet. I mean, what other goals do they have aside from just destroying white people? 
have they not accomplished at this point? So, yeah, a, a generous reading of this would be uh, he's exactly in that position as a libtard of I can't continue to lie to myself about what has gone wrong here. It's sort of like the, the, the anti-vaxxer, pro-vaxxer people or where the, the pro-vaxxers at this point, it's like, OK, so now I need to get five more booster shots. <laughs> right. They just will not. They, they absolutely refuse to admit maybe they were wrong about this. Maybe there was right. a mistake made. That this clear, isn't a vaccine if you of... have to get six-month vac- uh, boosters. I'm not even getting into the COVID thing. I'm just saying it's that cognitive z- dissonance where they yes. have to just double down and refuse to accept things, and finally he broke. Again, exactly. a generous reading here, but maybe that's what it sounds like. I, don't I still think it's love Borzoi's take. Yeah. Well, well Borzoi, I think I don't want to speak for him, and, and I don't know if he'll come back uh, soon to, to, to uh, say I, I can read his actual quote. This is just sure. too fucking funny. Uh, this is from Borzoi's Telegram. After aiding and abetting, uh, this is him uh, paraphrasing uh, Brian Williams' statement. After aiding and abetting and profiting off the anti-white culture, giving my daughter over to star in anti-white films, and having a simulated scene of her ass being eaten, they let me know that my services are no longer needed, so I'm going to pretend I made a principled stand. <laughs> I think that's I less generous. Yeah, so, I don't think I, I, I agree I, with everything up until the up until the word pre- pretend. I don't think he's pretending. I think he's snapping. But it, it's a kind of a, ultimately, is, I think a distinction without doesn't really matter. Um, you know, whatever. I, 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 my, my thing is less like. My thing is ultimately like like just to be clear, he doesn't deserve a place on the lifeboat, and and basically no boomers do right. You know, it it it's um, this is the shittiest generation in human history. Like uh. What yeah, is uh, nice guys? The... Oh, thank you for the donation. Nice guys says um, the boomers are dropping out and leaving us holding the bag of shit. I've had enough conversations with the ones I know to understand that they're aware, at least to some degree, that this place is dying around us. They just want to put it out of their mind until they finally check out. And yeah, I think I think that's essentially what's what's going on here. And I don't I mean, maybe he can. I don't think he's, again, I don't, I don't think he's pretending. I think he's saying the maximum thing that they like, won't get the feed cut because um, it would just be too obvious, you know, what was happening and and sort of. Being like, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, maybe it doesn't even matter, but I think it's noteworthy that already it's kind of been, you know, I, I saw the uh, initial media reaction. The headlines were like, you know, the, the the right, like Real Clear Politics, which is a kind of center-right publication, was like, this is weird. Um, Yahoo News and other like left-wing publications <laughs> were like, that, the headlines were trying to spin it as being about like January 6th type stuff, um, which I which I thought noteworthy or just like not and not providing the full video, not giving you all, all of it. Because again, like if you, if you just isolate those sentences um, and and read it in a different tone of voice, like it's a very different thing, right? Absolutely. No, you're right. I, I, again, I just I having been gaslit so much and having like always, you know, there's there's the optimistic part of my heart that's always like, there's no white person that can't be saved, and maybe the you know it dawns on people because it doesn't take a lot. I mean, it you don't have to be a fucking super genius. Look at me um, to 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 realize what's actually happening. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to deny the guy's probably pretty smart. And, you know, whatever you have to say, I, I just don't want to I, I don't want to put myself in the position of I would not want to bet any clout here is all I'm saying. But it does seem like a cry for help from somebody who's like, what the fuck have I done with my life? Mm, I think you're overthinking it personally. It's it, it's a he's basically warning that, that I, I haven't been listening the last few minutes, obviously, because I was you know, the dog. But the uh, you know, this is somebody who's basically like hitting the lights as they as they go. Just like letting them know, hey, you know, 
this isn't working. You guys are, are messing up. I also think, you know, like he did everything that he was supposed to do and he was informed his services are no longer needed. So that's part of where like of this uh, lashing out you're seeing. But the thing you have to remember is that this thing is full of autists and retards. And I say that in I do say that in the nicest way possible, where the the the, the kind of uh, incentives and programming just doesn't work as well on us. It's like, no, you guys are you guys are full of shit. And you're liars. Like you can't promise me anything. You can't promise me this world and expect me to become a traitor to my people. But a lot of people are, will do that when when presented with that opportunity. I just don't mm. like with, you know, this is somebody who gave his daughter over to the, uh, to the media system. And the, if, if, if you've never seen the disgusting things that she's been in, it's like, yeah, you know what? You she were was in the Lena Dunham show girls. That's all I think our audience. And she got her ass That's, and, on, on, yeah, on that show. We mentioned this already. We don't. Uh, yeah, well, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I quoted your, uh, your, your telegram <laughs> post. I no, I again, I'm 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 not as confident, or I, I don't even know if DK's confident um, in his his you know reading of this. It does. I think DK makes a good case that he's the boomer who is like awakening, um, but at the same time, it could be just like mindless shit liberty at the same time. Like maybe he really does believe that liberalism still hasn't conquered and, and you know and, and neoliberalism hasn't conquered and accomplished everything it's, it's set out to do in the last 70 years do you mind if i i go to the direct critique of what he's actually said absolutely yeah so right off the bat i mean i hear everything that i need to hear to know that it's wrong and that i oppose it i'm not a conservative i'm not a liberal i'm an institutionalist well, fuck you then. I hate these institutions. You, <laughs> you say right. we have yeah. like some moral obligation to defend it. Well, that's you the know, thing, though, that makes the part me like he yeah. says about, you know, our elected officials and, uh, you know, uh, what was the what was the direct quote? I don't have it up in front of me. Where he's uh, oh, yeah, we still here. Saying, it's just a supper. He <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, when he's talking. Like when he introduces the burning house metaphor. Fuck institutions. All my homies hate institutions. Yeah. Well, I, I, okay. The, the, as far as the institutions go, I, and again, I'm going to give the most generous reading. I think in the boomer mentality, the, the boomer center left and center right mentality, um, these institutions were supposed to promise them this multicultural, uh, but still everybody's white presenting and follows the white rules. And now he's seeing that we're becoming this – uh, racial dystopian hellhole and he can't lie to himself about it. That's one generous reading of it and that's why he he he, he is a fan of the institutions because of what it had promised the boomers, not what exactly. it actually like, delivered. The whole, the, 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 the deal with the devil like for, for a very wide, for like most of the political class, I mean there was a kind of upper echelon that it was a little different deal um, but, but the, like the, think of like your kind of average mid-level government media functionary like they were promised stability in exchange for their souls right or or you know like like you get the prospect it's the standard boomer deal but maybe a slightly sweeter version of it um and and so the the, the number one thing to them is like you know what is the what is the united states means it means you know what, what does it mean it means the 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 functioning of the federal government, of the bureaucracy, of you know, bureaucrat gang doing things the way that they grew up with them doing them, right? And that's no and, longer and, the case. 
and more importantly, it would promote that civic nationalism that allows everybody yes. to come to America yes. and be American. Yes. But implicit in that is the idea that but you have to follow the standards that white people have set. You have to act like a white person. You'll look different. But, you're browner, yeah. but you must, you know, conduct yourself as a white person. And now, you know, like like your friend on post said, now you're the stranger. Now you're the, the outsider. The tell here, and this was something uh, um, uh, it was also came up on post was was the word was the phrase the bowling alley. I think that's like that kind of gives the game away. Like when was the last time anyone went to a bowling alley? Um, I mean, there were, you know, I'm I'm like just old enough to to you know that's like a thing that I have a recollection of skating rinks, right? Yeah, we're, we're decades past younger. bowling alone, right? But the fact that he mentions it as like a touchstone is like yeah what happened to bowling alleys brian you know what i mean it, it, it it's it, it's uh I, I, that to me is the psychological tell for like what's going on here i could be wrong i'm not i mean obviously this is all kind of and again my thing ultimately is it doesn't even really but okay if you want to if you want to adopt the like a hardcore opposite perspective he's just a hardcore libtard trying to you know ramp people up about um january 6th like okay then what he's saying is that like ha half the country you know, everybody, you know, the 60 million plus the, 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 the 60, 70 million people who voted for Donald Trump and everyone who's like similarly minded uh, wants to kill the good libtards on the other side. So it, it doesn't it doesn't really detract from the um, the radical nature of the message. Well, well he, I mean, my, my, my uh, final word on this would simply sorry. Uh, I just want to say between Roger Ayer, uh, Jack Posobiec and now Brian Williams, this is why when the ethno state comes, we're going to have to have a very active and very vigorous Gestapo. We're going to have to get the answers to these questions of what these people are thinking and punish them accordingly. I'm <laughs> Sorry, Nikkei. Go. What, what pisses me off about this is that there's this underlying implication that institutionalists aren't culpable for all of this. Yes. You are the institution. And I the I hate to break it to it uh, to you, but the idea that they are burning it down, implying that it won't exist because of what they're doing all on their own, that's not true. It's not happening. I don't believe it. I think it's not going to just fall apart on its own. Yes, I believe in the collapse process, but I don't think it's a house on fire like he says it is. It's it's not burning like a like a five alarm fire. It's going to be here for a while. It's going to linger and stay. And it's because of institutionalism. That we got here in the first place. This is how the, this is the product of the institution. What you see is what you get. And it's because of the institutions in place. That we we have what we have. Collapse. So you are culpable. It, you can't distance yourself from blame on this. If you trust in the system, then you have no right to really make this critique. This is what the system gave us. And if you want me to defend that system, then your entire point is contradictory. I'm going to give I'm going to give Brian Williams the same test I give to any so-called base Jew. Oh, OK, you're on our side now. Give us your money and deny the Holocaust. Collapse. <laughs> Humiliation. <laughs> Carl Schmidt. Christopher Lash. <laughs> the Society of the Industrial Society. Oh, society. Nihilism. <laughs> Techno-capital. Thank you, Frank. Simulation. 
And you laugh. I mean, lumpen, 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 pearls. It's like it's like I'm arguing with Botsoy all over again. <laughs> you, you drop the uh, reality Schmidt bit, and um, that one put it in a in a great frame for me. <laughs> Friend, enemy distinction. Institutionalists are my enemy. DK, I think you just have this burning desire to try to rescue these people. And so you're willing to reach your hand out and give them the benefit of the doubt. And I think that's actually admirable. But I, I, I got to lean Brian towards Williams Nikkei's take on this, is, which is, fuck these people. Sure. They're, they're, no, running I, out, they're running out of a burning building. Nikkei, Spectre, and I are taking pot shots as they're running out. Whereas Nikkei's like, flagging, like, no, wait, 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 wait. Well, you call them a rat sinking a fleeing, sh- fleeing a sinking ship. Uh, yeah. To be clear, in the in the uh, Lincola thing, his, Brian Williams' hands is one of the the first hands that needs to be cut from reaching sure. the lifeboat. Is is my like take on that? I, I I just to me it's like he told millions plus people. I mean, however and however this ends up, I just think it's gonna be memory hold because, I mean, it, my thing is like okay, here here's someone who's been a net, major network news. You have okay, granted, TV is a lot less important than it was thirty years ago, but still there are four major. You know, over-the-air broadcast networks. NBC is one of them. Um, he's been doing their NBC News for 30 years, basically, and he signs off with the people in this country are insane. They're trying to kill you all. Like, like yeah. no, I, that's no. I appreciate, appreciate you. Know I, what I mean? appreciate your take. I, I do. Like, I under, like you and I. Oftentimes, when we have what might be a disagreement, it's just that you and I have a different perspective, but with the it's same complimentary. Yeah. Why, why yeah. should I get give that any different treatment than guy who just start, started paying attention? <laughs> You've been reporting the news for thirty years yeah. and lying about it too. Yeah, and lying about it, making up stories. Yeah, and um, he had a microphone. He had a micro. He could have said something about this long before his last day. I have a I'm not giving him any credit. I'm just shocked that he said it out loud. Okay, I don't care that he That's said fair. it out loud. <laughs> Nikkei is giving no ground. <laughs> this is, this is the Nikkei. This is the Nikkei DK spectrum. <laughs> feel like we disagree i'm just more angry about it yeah that's <laughs> no, a, that's usually, usually we never actually disagree on this show it's more like i i have the the more melancholic look on everything nikkei's got the more angry look on everything specter's got, got the, the more the bemused look on everything and dk's got the more thoughtful look on everything you know it the 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 real uh nikkei dk spectrum is not you know uh one opinion versus uh you know, a fundamentally metaphysically different one. It's, you know, the, uh, you know, Oki Vremalaka versus the Namaste. <laughs> I like you that. You know, uh, we, like everything we've talked about today, we all pretty much have the same perspective on it. Um, right. And, we, you know, despite that, we could still make for a, a good conversation on the topic because. You know, some of these things I feel like I don't have a fully formed opinion on. Well, hell, I didn't even know what he actually said until you played it on the show, Frank. Uh, but I heard enough in his in his first few sentences to know where my objection lies in the the thesis of what he had to say. You know, I just realized I think that when the four of us are together, it's all four humors that are being expressed. Four temperaments. Mm. Oh, wow. I like that. Yes, that's definitely true. true. <laughs> <laughs> Very meta. 
Well, I don't think we got to any Nikkei prep, so... We'll, hey, do we want to go that. to Trump's big fat L? Sure. I mean, always. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to read this. This is going to be... going to be the biggest L you've ever seen, the best L. I'm going to do it all in the voice. I'm only going... I have the New York Post article about it up, and I'm just going to start by reading Trump's direct quotes in it. The first person that congratulated Biden was Bibi Netanyahu. The man that I did more more for than any other person I dealt with. Bibi could have stayed quiet. He's made a terrible mistake. I liked Bibi. I still like Bibi, but I also like loyalty. You know, the first person to congratulate Biden was Bibi. And not only did he congratulate him, he did it on tape. He was very early, like earlier than most. I haven't spoken to him since. Fuck him. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, Trump said fuck Netanyahu? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm amused by it, but at the same time, it's kind of a safe target. Netanyahu's stock is way down, so. Oh. For BB Netanyahu. Trump is, <laughs> Trump is, Trump is, uh, Trump has definitely internalized the right winger creed. This is my L. There are many like it, but this one is mine. My L <laughs> is my best friend. It is my life. I must post it as I must master myself owns. My L without me is useless. Without my L, I am useless. I must post my L no, online. No, I must self-own harder than my enemy who is trying to own me. I must post it before he owns me. I will. It, you gotta say, without my L, I am worse than useless. <laughs> <laughs> without For my B L, I am worse than useless. Yeah. For Bibi Netanyahu, before the ink was even dry, to do a message, and not only to do a message, to do a tape to Joe Biden talking about their great, great friendship. They didn't have a friendship because if they did, the Obama administration would have done the Iran deal. And guess what? Now they're going to do it again. I could tell you that people were very angry with him when he was the first one to congratulate Biden. The video was almost like he's begging for love. And I said, my, my, how things change. So, you know. I was disappointed, but that hurt him badly with the people of Israel. As you know, I'm very popular in Israel. I think it hurt him very badly. Oh, my God. <laughs> From now on, if I have to read anything about or, or listen, watch video of anything to do with Trump, Nikkei, you have to be the one translating it. <laughs> I, like how you, I like how you add a little bit of Jew voice to Trump as well. Oh, if I exactly. It, it's only because my nose is congested this morning. No, it's only because it's true. <laughs> Uh, and the article ends here uh, in a statement to Axios later Friday Netanyahu said I hardly appreciate President Trump's big contribution to Israel and its security I also appreciate the importance of a strong alliance between Israel and the US therefore it is important for me to congratulate the incoming president that's actually pretty good. I think you got to get a I little think I like, I think further I like back in your throat. Better than his Trump, actually. Yeah, if you can just get it a little further back in your throat, I think you'll have nailed it perfectly, like, yeah. like imitator type style. <laughs> oh, the I mean, demon I, think, voice I don't know if I have anything to say. This, I think it's just kind of self-evident right there. I, I like how in the same interview he says, "I still like BB, but fuck him." That's so Trump. That's a very yeah. Trump statement. And, you know, <laughs> insisting 
to mention that, you know, uh, the real thing about what makes him better than Netanyahu is that he's the more popular figure in Israel. This is the one thing I don't. I'm. I'm not going. You know, I can. I can start a whole debate and argument on this. Um, on the um, what was in the grand scheme of things, the efficacy of Trump. I don't want to. I don't want to go down that road whatsoever. In terms of like, was he useful to us? Was he not? But what I will say, what I don't like, and I think this is objectively true, what he did to the American right wing is he he put millions of people in a really toxic codependent relationship with him. I am just the more I hear him speak uh, after the fact, the more I'm just how the fuck were we ever hoodwinked that bad? How the fuck did this idiot fucking well trick us? Well, compare 2016 uh, campaign to 2020. I mean, like it, we it, didn't they get were objectively shit, different man. campaigns. People yeah. like to say, oh, well, he was always insistent on the pro-Israel stuff in 2016. It, dude, I was there. I was watching it. It was not as loud as it was after the fact. Yeah, it definitely was not the main issue that got headlines at the very least when it came to what we believe to be good about Trump as a candidate. You know, the uh, correct conclusion was he knew how to play the media and he would, you know, make statements that continue to give him more attention. And we congratulated yeah. him for it because it was a message that said we need to, like, fix this awful immigration uh, situation we're in, and uh, we need to stop doing the the neocon bullshit. We also got high off of of seeing Jeb get wrecked. I mean, like we were so fixated on the guac bowl that we were just basically <laughs> we were speedballing during the campaign. Ponder's guac bowl. <laughs> And just seeing Jeb Bush out that, on the campaign, I, I campaign trail with his maid. Title, actually. I, I like the other one, but, you know, they're both good. I'll write them down. Sorry. Go ahead, Inspector. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I yeah, the, the whole hatred of Jeb Bush. I, I feel a little bit bad about it because he was out there campaigning with his maid all the time. That little short squat. <laughs> squat Columba. Columba. <laughs> that ugly, ugly troll doll. Oh, my God. How did that even happen? Personally, I, I was a proud of Ponder's Orban, but if you like Ponder's Guac Bowl better. Oh, Orban. Okay, now I got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little slow what? this morning. Oh, my God. That one is so obvious. I know. I'm just saying it took me a half a second. Uh, um, do we have anything else we want to talk about? I don't have anything else. This, I'm done with do you, you got? Have you guys seen? We don't have to like linger on it, but have you guys seen the uh, the artwork from the Gillian Maxwell trial? Oh yeah, her sketching oh, the dude, sketch artist. That sketch yeah. artist must be like the most afraid woman in America right now. That's a Jew, so I'm not too worried. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, here actually, I'll just read this. Um, drawing Gillian Maxwell. This is from the Intelligencer. Here, I'll throw this into the uh, into the Skype here, Frank. Uh, and of course the dog's acting up again but uh, <clears throat> uh, courtroom sketch artist Jane Rosenberg serves as the public's eyes at the Ghislaine Maxwell trial which began its second week on Monday uh, Brooklyn native uh, who once aspired to be an art teacher has been drawing defendants since 1980 she lives uptown for her husband a lawyer and sells her oil paintings at Simi Merrill's in Provincetown Rosen okay so what is your work day oh, okay like a bunch of questions Let's see if anything about the trail you had a drawing that captured Ghislaine Maxwell drawing you which people were very struck by 
in the pre-trials in that little courtroom, that's when the sketching started. She she sketched me a few times in a row. Then she started nodding at me and waving at me. She even spoke to me once. It's really great for me. I'm not going to wreck it. I'm going I'm going to keep it going. I need to see her face. It's like a photographer. They wait for that moment and say someone's name and they turn to them. That's the same thing. Uh I think they attributed malevolence to her that isn't in the actual drawing or in your intention. Well, it's not my intention. I'm not going to say anything malevolent right now. I have this thing going. She's my sketching buddy. So, I mean, like, this is like, like, I'm I'm enjoying the art. But yeah, like the artist is like, I don't care what happens to her. That's Jew on Jew at this point. Yeah. Did you see the picture of her uh, drawing? She did. A, she did a drawing of the picture of Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, giving Jeffrey Epstein a foot massage. Have you seen that? No, and I don't want to. Well, you're about to see it. Pull it up, Frank. I just posted it God in the uh, in the Skype chat. <laughs> uh, Louis Condi, uh, who's like done half the content for the show today, did a green text for us. Be art fag. Go to art school. Be stuck as a courtroom artist because the art scene is rigged as hell. Produce this. Last piece of your dignity you didn't know you had just died. (laughs) (laughs) Did we ever talk about or was it just kind of like permeating the whole show? The the question of our conservatives, the new queers. Well, the whole thing's about covid stuff. And I I don't know if, if we're doing only a 90 minute show, we really can't. I just want. I just needed a third prep thing in the headline, maybe. Uh-huh. Laugh. I think. Uh, or did DK had sorry. like uh, the um, Spencer Fellwell? Uh, yes. Yeah, maybe just real quick. I mean, there was a uh, one of my long friends in the thing uh, sent me this article, which because I, I don't normally read counter signals, and um, but, but uh, he brought this to me my attention. So thank I call, you. I call it Annie Fuck Quarterly. It's it's um. Yeah, it's it's uh, terrible, but well, so but but briefly, basically, it's just I'll, I'll I highlighted in our group chat one exchange, and I'll I'll maybe just read this. So the whole thing is, which I was not aware of, I guess Richard Spencer got an interview by got interviewed by L. Reeve for C, who's now working for CNN. So it was an interview that went on CNN um, of Richard Spencer in the aftermath of the um, Charlottesville verdict, and uh, he, let me just read this exchange. Um, here, and I'll, here, I'll give a little bit to I don't. The author kind of says whatever. He says, if there were any lingering doubts as to whether or not Richard Spencer is the poster child for narcissistic personality disorder, the eight-minute interview should seal the deal. Right out of the gate, Spencer tries to distance himself from the movement and dodge any blame for how things turned out. L. I mean, what you don't want me to ask about is, like, the most interesting thing. Richard, what? L. Like, did you do it all on purpose, and do you feel bad about it? Richard, are you talking about Charlottesville? L. Yeah, and the whole thing, the whole movement itself. Did you do it on purpose or did you not care? Richard, I didn't create the movement. L. You named it. You became the face of it. Richard, I was trying to unite everything to where it would be simply me. And it would have been better if they had fucking bent the knee and shut the fuck up. Nikkei, can you read that in a gay voice? (laughs) No. That last one? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Richard Spencer. We used to uh, talk about L taking Spencer, but now it's Spencer taking L's. <laughs> oh. <sighs> um, and and yeah, I mean, it's it's just like um, 
it's it's just uh, I don't know. I mean, it, who? I mean, the kind of overall point of this uh, article is is sort of like just continuing to dunk on him for this interview. And, and yeah, I mean, the, the overall thing is is no, you know, Spencer is a washed up has been. He in and and no, you know, the, the one thing he wants is attention, and he's not even getting that anymore. Um, I, I mean, I guess in that sense, maybe we shouldn't even be talking about him. But uh, yeah, it's it's just. Um, I don't know what else to say. He, 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 his whole thing, like, you know, I don't know. Counter, like, I, at first I thought it was ironic because he talked about like Wignats and like, you know, where's your God now, Wignats? And, and I was like, oh, but he, you know, he, um, apparently, I, I guess Counter Signal is still doing the, um, the, the Wignat Optics War thing. It's, it's quite, well, they're, um, they're, 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 they're basically a Groiper publication now. They've done no, I, numerous, yes. uh, they've done numerous pieces on it. And then they did, and they, they religiously follow, Antifa accounts so that they could try to own Wignats. I mean, that's why I call them Antifa Quarterly. I have only one thing to say post T cell count. Yeah, Ooh. right. Never forget, Greg Johnson, you're never going to recover from Matt Heimbach dunking on you. Oof. Bodied by Heimbach. Hell yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's all. I mean, that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I didn't, as you could tell, I didn't look up the interview. I'm not going to watch. I'm going to spend eight minutes watching Richard Spencer talk. Oh, it um, was bad. <laughs> did you watch it? I did. And I I was really disappointed by what he had to say. Are you still Now I, now it's my turn. You're still disappointed by Richard Spencer? Yes. <laughs> Oof. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, see, this is why, said, why I, being me is the best. Like, I don't like anybody. I have no expectations <laughs> of anything. I always expect to be disappointed and I'm never disappointed because of that. <laughs> it's this a is, good this is what I was getting at before, though, about the thing like, you know, again, I never really I, I it's not like I had some attachment pre Charlottesville to Richard Spencer. I, I never really I don't feel like I looked up to him or, or thought of him as a serious intellect or anything. So I just don't have those like th- that kind of emotional baggage with it, I guess. And beyond that, yeah. Uh, I finished your thought. I'll I'll go after. No, I was just gonna say, like it, it it's, I don't know, it's just laughable. Like I, I just I understand that there's people for whom you know they thought Richard was gonna be the guy and and um whatever. To me, it's like well, you know the the Charlottesville was actually I think um it, it, whatever else you want to say about it, it it separated serious people from unserious people. Richard Spencer has yeah. revealed himself to be a thoroughly unserious person. And that's a good thing. I got to tell you, um, at, at one point, you know, he was in, he was on the right side and had the right uh, perspectives. Uh, the week after Charlottesville, uh, he and I hosted fascination and having gotten that close to that level of narcissism and seeing how badly it can go wrong. All I'm asking is that in the future, should I veer off the plantation as hard and as cringy as Spencer has done? <laughs> you have my permission to lock me in a room with a Luger and tell me to do the right thing. Oosh. You don't have narcissist. You, 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 you have, you're not a narcissist like, like he is. I, not. Specter, um, your retardation will prevent that from ever happening. <laughs> Fair enough. It just hit me in the, the head. With the, a rock the, all, the, the, my, day, uh... the weekly Alzheimer's. I have to deal with you. I I am <laughs> confident. I that whatever if you say or do something dumb, it'll you'll just like forget about it and just move on and not do it again the next week. Well, that's lock you in the room and be like, "Whoa, cool gun." 
this is exactly why my lack of self-awareness and and self-reflection has served me well. It, well, at least I think it has. I don't know because I wouldn't actually look at myself to decide if it has. But I think it, it works. Um, but yeah, you can always reset my hard drive with a good knock in the head. I don't know. And I'm I sorry, but I'm sorry. I call that good opsec. Double checking to make sure that I'm not going to reveal something that's been in private to the public. I, I call that good opsec. Also, Alzheimer's. Well, I, I, I'm, and I'm busting your balls here, but what I'll tell you is something I was talking about with my wife la- uh, last night because she she mentioned to me like how proud she is of you for the documentary and all of that. And I said, like, look, I give Spectre a hard time. I, I get very angry with him sometimes, but I've never I've never abandoned the guy because I have a I have a good feeling about when I uh, when I have a good feeling about someone, when I know they got something special there. Like a, they may be a retard sometimes, but I, I know eventually they're going to make it. And so I never, I never, I never, I never lost faith in you as, as angry as you've made me over the years. Well, Merry Christmas to you too, Borzoi. <laughs> <laughs> that was the nicest gift I could ever get. No, you know, you, you, you don't, I don't know why we're turning this into the spectrum therapy session, but uh, no, you, you're doing good work. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, so we're probably going to try to do a show, a sidecar this week as well as a show next week. But we programming note, I, obviously, we're not going to do anything on the weekend of uh, Christmas unless we pre-record something. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? I'm sorry, you what? So maybe we'll do a Christmas message or something. A Christmas message, uh, like a little, you know, just a little short, heartwarming kind of thing. Or we might even look in the in the archives and see if we can find uh, an old Christmas show that we did do and do as the best of. Who knows? Did somebody just get kidnapped and get, and get ransomed? What the hell was that? <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> I don't know why it just... You'll, you'll drop the bag of money at the corner of 2nd and 4th. <laughs> <laughs> or you'll never see him again. Um, did you guys have any... I don't know why it uh... just popped into my head, but you know what might be fun to do? Just a script reading of, I mean, we've been doing some posting this week of uh, American Psycho, and be fun just to read the script. Okay. I mean, uh, something to consider. I'll, I'll, we can look into that. You'll, 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 make a, you'll make a very good patch of that idea. Oh, I'd have to work on that. No way I'm doing that with the stuff news. <laughs> that will not work. <laughs> Skidwalker's capturing the broadcast. <laughs> Right. Did you guys want to? I, I don't. Yeah, I really didn't want to do the are the conservatives or the new queers. Like I just wanted to read the funny headlines. So. Ah, it's no big deal. Um, we can go ahead and get out of here if you guys don't have anything else. DK's other thing. Oh, if you wanted to give us the full details? No, no, of- we could. We, it'll still be news, and I don't. I imagine that if the TDS guys cover it, then great. Otherwise, we can we can return because it's not like it'll still the Notre Dame will still be. You say it's not like it's going away, but actually it is. Yeah, well, oh, God. Well, anyway, we can talk about it uh, another time. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, DK, what uh, what have you got going on? And I know so that we, I just, we, keep promising, we keep promising we will do a Mass Effect episode. Well, we, we got to do with, it uh, now. Alex. A, a beautiful discussion. Yeah, exactly. With, uh, the, like, we were like, like just about to start, on, and Mike was like, no, nah, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that. And so yeah, we'll have to get. And actually, uh, Alex already agreed. So yeah, we're gonna do another. We're gonna do another uh, Redux of Mass Effect with with you and him and 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 Lewis and myself. 
Um, we'll figure out the uh, the details on that. I just re-uploaded um, yesterday. It's been a little. I've just been tough with you know Thanksgiving and the holidays and stuff. But we, we're still around and we're still obviously doing more. We got more stuff lined up for the National Institute for Gamer Review. Um, but the the Halo app uh, uh, went back up on uh, it went up for the first time actually on on TRS the All Shows tab uh, yesterday. And um, other than that, nothing really in the pipeline except I did want to say since I mentioned him earlier in the show, um, Carl Dahl, our friend who like I read one of his uh, posts earlier um has a book called faction it's good you can actually still get it on amazon um and so i want to shill for carl uh and his book faction um check that out okay and of course your uh, book. Nikkei. well you gotta let you i'll let you shill that i guess but yeah <laughs> okay um nikkei what do you got going on sir i'd like to start by giving another big thanks to everybody who donated uh to my charity live stream last night uh Great results, and I had a lot of fun. Uh, I want to do another one before Christmas time, and uh, instead of selecting a game to play by highest uh, bid, this one will be by popular demand. So, to have your voice heard in the game selection, you need to be on the Fediverse. You need to have an account. Uh, you need to find my my account and reply to my pinned uh, post with the game you want to watch uh, watch me stream. And uh, the way that you vote for a choice is by retweeting, I don't know, reposting uh, any of the comments uh, to that post that you agree with, you want to see played. The one with the most uh, reposts will be the winner. Nikkei, is there something you'd want to come on NIGR to play? Well, we can work talk it up behind the scenes, but it would be it would be awesome to have you on, and you know we could figure out um, what specifically you'd you'd want to discuss or or whatever. Uh, sure. Yeah, we could talk about yeah. that. Yeah. I was I was also thinking about I don't have to work out how exactly to do it, but to, um, either stream or do a kind of let's play. I think uh, NIGR let's play content would be would be cool. So um, so yeah. Well, that'd be awesome. Do long game streams like and then have people who you know friends just be able to pop in, say hi and stuff like right. that. Because I'd never right. be able to sit through like uh like sit in on a long thing, but I would love to like say hi for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah that would awesome. be a lot of fun. Figure out scheduling and all that kind of stuff. I think that'd be I think it'd be a good time. So anyway, we'll we'll figure all that out. Yeah, my um, account is uh at Nike at Pleroma dot. Nobody has the dot biz. We'll make sure that's in the description. Um, right know, back the way you can, nigger. <laughs> Elsewhere, you can find me on the Young Whites on the Right Stuff Biz. Alrighty, Borzoi, what do you got going on, sir? I'm a dad. That's what I've got going on. Most yeah, important I, thing you can be. I got nothing to plug. Like, and uh, people keep asking when content's coming back. Like, like I had to make a bunch of arrangements just to even like show up today. So, uh, it'll all be back when I'm back. Like, more than likely the new year. But I'm I'm working on stuff. But. Yeah, sorry. For people who are dying for content, I literally don't have time. No, fair enough. You're doing the right thing. I mean, there's nothing more important than fatherhood, except for maybe motherhood. That's it. <laughs> and plus, we have the the we have the simulator, the Borzoi yeah. simulator. So yeah, I gotta go take care of the Graflet. Christopher Lash, <laughs> Industrial Society. Um, I want to thank. Uh, we, I think on very short notice, we had uh, over 150 live listeners this morning. And also, this is a very special one. Um, NJP and Evergreen um, put together a list of families, white families, who need help this Christmas. And they posted, I think it was on Wednesday evening, and by first thing Thursday morning, 
every single gift on those lists had been bought. So I want to thank all the people in our sphere, in our audience, uh, in our circles who made that possible. And there's going to be more, hopefully, uh, because you people have really pulled together and you're going to make a great Christmas for these kids. No kid should not wake up on Christmas morning without a toy. Um, so thank you all. Uh, Hail victory. Gonna, Hail victory. I'm getting a little bit choked up. I'm not going to lie. I'm getting goosebumps and I'm getting a little bit choked and choked up. But I am. I was just mightily impressed with how quickly that went. Um, uh, go to national-justice.com because we are continuing to break stories all the time. Uh, go to distant-mag.com as well as National Justice Party who helped fund that uh, and, and came up with the concept for this documentary that we partnered with me to rise on. Go to antelopehillpublishing.com. You can get Borzoi's book. You can get my book. You can get uh, Why We Fight featuring Nikkei. You can get so many books, and you should get so many books. They're the new Funko Pops, um, antelopehillpublishing.com. And then join us every week at the TRS Radio Network behind the paywall for premium content. It's the rightstuff.biz slash paywall. I'm getting a message here in Skype. Make sure I'm not forgetting anything. Yeah, I, I already put it in the show notes, Nikkei. Um, but uh, I guess that's it for this week, folks. Remember, you may not believe in Santa, but he believes all elves should go to concentration camps. Mr. Producer, hail victory. See ya, Kyle.
Thank you.